I wrote the book and told my story where I became naked, took my mask off, to give permission to other people to tell their story. We all have a story. We are going to continue wearing our masks until we know who we are. When we have taken the wrong turn on the road, we're going to be redirected until we find our purpose in life. And, and so it's for us to really be aware of the messages that come to us, tuning in into our pineal gland, we're tuning into the higher consciousness and how we're dearly guided. We're so guided. And once we have tapped in into the higher self, we just know things. We're all intuitive. And at the soul level, that person who's pushing our buttons is actually helping us to identify this is something we need to release. And so those that hurt us the most actually are indeed our best teachers. No one can make us feel judged. No one can make us feel beautiful unless we feel those things about ourselves. We're all part of the spokes. We're all a spoke of the wheel. And collectively, we carry the load. A doctor needs his patience. A lawyer needs a criminal. We're all divine beings having this human experience. Understanding is the answer. Understanding is a key that will set humanity free. And when we embrace this truth, this universal truth, our life will become a wonderful adventure. My life has become a wonderful adventure, even at my age. I'm still reading, because knowledge is power, awareness is growth, and truth liberates us. And so all I can say that at this ripe old age, I am free. Beautiful. All you need, you. show up, Living. pay attention, Your. participate. Favorite, la 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 life, la 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 life. Good day, namaste, welcome to Your Favorite Life. I'm Jeffasaurus Rex, and my goal is to bring you conversations of growth, creativity, and adventure. This episode is sponsored by a good friend of mine, Derek Cluxton, a real estate agent in the Simcoe County region. Derek's been very supportive of this show, and you can actually catch an interview with Derek on episode nine. So thank you, Derek. I'm so excited to bring forward this episode, I got the chance to sit down with Rita B. Still. What a beautiful and fun last name, B. Still. It's the same name of her bookstore in Elmville, Ontario. She's an author of a couple books. She wrote this one called The Gifts of Responsibility. I'm so blessed to have read this and this to have came into my life. It taught me a lot about life's lessons, going full circle, breaking cycles, how to deal with grief in life, past lives. So thank you, Rita, for your inspiration and guidance and having this book come into my life. Rita is a wonderful human. When I asked her where she's at in life, she said she's blessed to be fulfilling her life's purpose. And although her journey of understanding has been an arduous one, it is one she's grateful to have experienced. So turn your ears on and open your hearts and enjoy this episode with 
a wonderful guide, Rita Be Still. I am honored to have Rita Be Still on the Your Favorite Life podcast. And actually, funny story, we met at the storytelling show. I'm not sure how you discovered that show. I'm not sure. It was so long ago, I have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I got an email from you. Rita okay. Be Still wants to hey. be on the storytelling show. And lovely to have met you and have you tell your stories on the show. And then a couple years later, I knew about your lovely bookstore here. And I went to go to a bookstore in Barrie, which was closed on a day that it said they were open. And it happened twice. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to <laughs> check out this bookstore in Barrie. And then I said, oh, you know what? My friend Rita has a bookstore in Elmville. I've never been there. And so it's almost like something was pointing me mm -hmm. this, this direction. And yeah, and uh, I'm so glad uh, what's unfolded from that with the light bearers and just sitting down and having tea with you a couple times mm -hmm. and uh, grabbing some great books on uh, lots of different spiritual topics. I wanted to ask you, where did the, where did Be Still come from? What a beautiful last name. It's very interesting that you should ask me that. Thank you. Um, and so I'm divorced and so Be was my part of my uh, maiden name. And so I just uh, dropped a few um, lines, a few letters, and, um, and still would have been my married name. And so knowing that my former husband uh, was part of my journey, I wanted to include him in this name. So this thus be still. So I used both my maiden name, part of my maiden name, as well as part of my married name. Yeah, I actually talk about that sometimes, about when we say our ex, and I like to think, well, I think a better word would be former, and Absolutely. because ex almost sounds, has this negative connotation, yes. and say maybe there were some negative things, but I'm sure you shared a lot of growth. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Intimacy, and yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I've come to really appreciate that there are no accidents in life, and uh, we sign a contract, a soul contract, before coming on the earth. And so those that hurt us the most, actually, are indeed our best teachers. Yeah. And so I'm grateful uh, for my former husband being the Judas in my life because I've been able to fulfill my life's purpose. Yeah, do you want to talk about life's purpose? And As light bearers, as we know, we're all, we all signed up for this, to be a mouthpiece for the hierarchy or whatever master we are uh, most attracted to. Um, having grown up as a, as a Christian, a Catholic. So Jesus was always my, uh, my master, shall we say. And so, um, and then of course, when I, when I began to run into a lot of challenges in my life, what I had been taught by the, um, this universal church was not enough. And so, of course, I went back to university and got my degree in psychology and mental health and, but that was not enough either. And so I began really seeking uh, higher universal knowledge, which led me to the Foundation for Higher Spiritual Learning in 1998. And all I can say, that was life transforming. And so it's been a journey. And I'm really, really happy that all those challenges in my life have brought me to this place today. Yeah, do you want to speak about what that, was that a 
a course, the Ascended Master of Spiritual Learning, that's what you're referring to? Yes. Um, so um, after I graduated, I thought, okay, what I know here, it's not going to give me the tools I really need to help another human being. And so I began taking more courses. And so this one time I was taking a course down uh, the city of Toronto, and it was a meditation course. Um, it was being um, run by a psychologist of all people. And so I went, I signed up for the course and I went on a few lessons, a few uh, practices, and she had us um, sort of, I don't know, just crawling on the floor, trying to uh, identify our animal. The inner animal. I thought this is kind of silly here, you know. What is this all about? And so I eventually canceled my course. But what was very interesting, like we talked about before, there are no accidents. There's no um, everything happens for a reason in life. And outside of her door, her office, there was a little basket or a little tray with these um, uh, I would not flyers, but um, booklets. And so I picked up a booklet. And so I'm going through the booklet, and uh, lo and behold, I see this ad, the Brotherhood of Humanity. So, oh my goodness sakes, the Brotherhood of Humanity, what is this about? So I called the woman, and she had a place in Scarborough. So I went to see Ethel, and this is how I was introduced. There was a chapter here in, in Scarborough. The head office was in Virginia, USA. So I was a student for five years. Um, I would go to their uh, conferences in Toronto and Florida. It was just really, really life transforming. And that was the beginning of my awakening, that there's so much more uh, to what we have been taught. Yeah, being a question asker or knowledge seeker, does that, does that relate to, to this at all? Um, that does uh, relate um, because it doesn't matter what credentials we have. And I always say here in my groups that credentials on the wall do not necessarily make us wise, but life's adversity can make us whole if we want to become whole. And so life is a journey of many steps of many. Um, and so ultimately all of us, for us to become really truly grounded, um, both psychologically, both spiritually and physically and emotionally, we need to develop all the attributes. We need to develop all the, the elements. So the four elements, earth, water, air, and fire, really, really essential for us human beings to develop these elements. Because this is when we do become very grounded. Um, nothing really shakes us. We know where we're going. Um, unfortunately, these are tools that have not been given to us. They're not taught in the school system. They're not taught anywhere, unfortunately. Um, so it is a personal choice that we make to begin the journey of self-discovery, the journey of seeker, becoming a seeker of knowledge, seeker of universal knowledge, I should say. Yeah. So I've been on this journey for a long time. Yeah. Do you want to speak about how to cultivate earth energy and the other elements more individually um we can certainly do that definitely maybe, maybe it's like asking to... us to pick it up it's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you want to just maybe flip that over and sure. um now this theory here goes back to hippocrates hippocrates as most of us know is a um a greek metaphysician and psychiatrist 
And so I really became enamored with this uh, philosophy of life. And so this is where this is all coming from. Uh, so it has a real history. And what I've done in the last 25 years, I've changed the names of the, um, I would call them that these are all wearing masks. And because until we take our mask off, until we become harmonized on both left side of the brain and right side of the brain, we're going to continue wearing our mask. And so the logical adult, we have a right side and a left side. So if we look at the chart there, the logical adult and the wise parent, they um, are from the left side of the brain, which is the masculine side of the brain, which is very much needed. We need to be adults. Right. The creative child and the sensitive child are the very feminine, or shall we say, all the uh, right side of the brain, which is very much connected to our heart. So we have not been told this historically that both men and women have both the, uh, the masculine and the feminine. So the right brain is about our feminine, the left brain is about our masculine. So these two polarities, it's very, very essential that they become harmonized. And every stage of development is about seven years. So when we look at the chart, seven times four, it's about 28, right? And so our brain continues to grow until we're in our late 20s. So hopefully, if life has gone according to plan, we would be hopefully balanced. But this doesn't happen, as we know. Life is not perfect. So for most of us, it takes a few more years. Yeah, and you said in your book, it can take a lifetime to cultivate all four of them. Yes, and yes. And this is where um, working on ourselves first, because most of us, most of humanity has a wounded child. All of us have been traumatized to some degree, if not in this lifetime, in a previous lifetime. So we, we bring back this uh, karma, shall we say, to transmute. And because of the karma, we begin our journey oftentimes. And so if we don't begin our journey of self-discovery and to heal and release the past, um, we will never become balanced and harmonized. It's just that simple. And today, um, here in, in North America in particular, all over the world, um, mental illness is the number one disease. Um, all because it really refers to the wounded child. And so unless that wounded child is healed, uh, we will never really become harmonized and balanced. That is essential yeah, just to recognize. Perfect. Perfect segue to a book I'm reading called The Presence Process. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't, but oh. it sounds like an interesting <laughs> title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about coming into the present moment. And you'll love this because in your book, you speak about life being a stage, right? And I love to hear you expand on this. Mm -hmm. So in his book, he says, when things upset us, if we change those words around, we can hear the words sets us up or <laughs> set us up, right? Yes. And it's not about shooting the messenger. No. It's about, and it's not even about necessarily feeling better, but getting better at feeling. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about life being a stage. So when something upsets us, it's just showing us, it's mirroring that there's something within yes. us 
that is reminding us of something from the past or something Absolutely. that's unhealed. Do you want to speak about life being a stage? And Yes, I am um, very interesting because most of us have heard of um, William Shakespeare, okay, um, high school, all of us. Uh, but this, when I was writing this book, I was brought back to um, revisit Shakespeare, some of his very famous quotes. And one of the quotes that really stuck with me, has stuck with me all these years, is the world is a stage. Men and women merely players. We have our entrances and our exits, and each actor plays many parts. I thought, what? Wow, what is this all about? And so this is where my journey really began, that this is not our first lifetime here. We have been here many, many times until we wake up and remember. And so, um, so that's when the shift really began for me. Um, so William Shakespeare, uh, as some of us know, may not know, he was born in 1561, and he was illegitimate son of Queen Elizabeth I. But all this knowledge has been hidden from humanity. Um, his real name was Sir Francis Bacon. And so he took, William Shakespeare was the, his, um, um, one of the servants' name, because back in those days, this is like over 600 years ago, he would have been considered a, brat, a bastard, no father, and Queen Elizabeth would have been dethroned, so that was never to be. And so um, that has really, really, really has such an impact on my life. And a number of years ago, um, I was privileged to go to Hyde Park and to watch one of his plays. Well, lo and behold, um, all the actors came on stage with masks. And so when we look at the chart, each and every one of us, doesn't matter whether you're left brain, doesn't matter if you're sensitive or logical, we are going to continue wearing our masks until we know who we are. And then we, it's only at that point that we can just take the mask off, realizing that each and every one of us has a story. No one is better than anyone else. Um, and so those that cause, cause us the most pain in life are indeed our best teachers. And so this is where we can let go of the blame game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are some ways we can self-discover better and take off our masks or if you want to share about becoming naked you said <laughs> that uh becoming you say in your book becoming naked is a is a beautiful endeavor mm. if it allows us to heal and, and yes. it resonates with others um yeah you have a good memory jeff <laughs> <laughs> i highlighted some stuff in your book and uh um Yes, when I wrote my book, I had just opened my office. Um, I used to work in the social service field for a number of years, and then um, spirituality is something that is not addressed in a mainstream, you know, um, helping centers. And so I could no longer be there. So I decided to um, just quit that and um, open up my own office. And that's when I read the book. And um, the reason I was reading, of course, we're always guided, as we know or may not know, I wrote the book and told my story where I became naked, took my mask off, to um, give permission to other people to tell their story. We all have a story. And until we do tell our story um, of all the poor choices we have made in life, 
because we're children, the overall scheme of things, I say that we're children. They were just big uh, kids, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's that wounded child in all of us. And so until that wounded child is healed, we will make poor choices. Um, but one of the things that has liberated me from feeling guilty or shame or whatever, or anger, is that when we know better, we will all do better. Who am I to judge anyone else? And had not forgiven myself for all the poor choices I made, as I said, you read my books, I made a lot of poor choices with my children because um, I didn't know any better. But I decided to forgive myself. It, had I not forgiven myself, I would have been in bondage today and you and I would not be sitting here across from each other. Wow. Liberating. Yeah, is that, that's one of the ways to heal our wounded mm -hmm. child is mm -hmm. forgiveness. Yes. And you, you also said when I asked you about health modalities that you go to and you spoke about sharing your story and sharing your your pain or your failures mm -hmm. and, and um, making validating it or making it aware mm -hmm. um, is that uh, what are some ways yeah we can heal the our inner resistance and well again um, most individuals who choose not to share their story there's incredible fear of being judged, being rejected. And so we first need to forgive ourselves before we can forgive sort of the perpetrator or the Judases in our life. Um, one of the incredible things I learned um, when I was working with incest survivors for the York Region Abuse Program, and we had um, victims from all walks of life um, one of the things I learned that's been very, very significant for me is that no matter where we hail from, we all want to be respected and accepted for who we are. And that really goes back to this simple golden rule. Treat others as we would like to be treated without judgment. Um, because I said, and I cannot repeat this enough, that when we know better, we will all do better. And since I also have a Christian theology background, I always remember uh, in the Bible, when Jesus was being crucified, he said, forgive them, Father, for they not know any better. And I thought that's always had an incredible impression on me. It's made a significant impression on my mind. Who am I to judge anyone? I'm not perfect. And so that has been a liberating factor for me, along with many others. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like, not that we can always describe things in words, but I've learned, yeah, if we have a small, too small of a vocabulary, we can't even ex sometimes express ourselves properly. True. And it goes the same with certain knowledge or certain experiences without judging you have to understand, do your best to understand where somebody's yeah. at and where they've been in life, especially from what they've shared with you. You might not have heard their whole story. And so, yeah, the golden rule of not try not to judge and just see a person as uh, you'd want to be seen. Exactly. And heard. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your bringing that up. We call this a mirror. And so when we're not able just to be the observer, it's an indication if our buttons are being pushed 
we're reacting. It's an indication that that emotion that we're feeling in the moment is within us. And this is really, really vital for all of us to remember that no one can make us feel judged. No one can make us feel beautiful unless we feel those things about ourselves. And when we feel that people are judging us or disrespecting us, we need to stand back. This is a bit of a Buddhist philosophy, but very, very valuable to embrace, is that that emotion is still within us. And at the soul level, that person who's pushing our buttons is actually helping us to identify this is something we need to release. How do we do that? And so anything that does not honor us is not coming from a universal truth. Anything that does not honor us is coming from a belief system. Conditioning, we call it conditioning, parental conditioning, the wounded child. And so again, if we can just remember the higher mind, the lower mind, the higher mind, the higher consciousness is from a higher self, there's a higher self. And the lower mind is our altered ego. We need our ego, but when it is altered, it's an indication that we're living a belief system and not a universal truth. Do you mind sharing to better understand the ego? Because I think, yeah, there's a definitely, we feel like that's a, always a bad thing. Like, oh, it's your ego. But yeah, and, and to understand its value and then mm-hmm, how to mm-hmm. be, become more aware of it. Like I remember simple things like saying, say you have a friend who owns a restaurant and you, you say like, oh, you should check out this restaurant. Um, it's a friend of mine. And just like a little, <laughs> and obviously I'm analyzing it, but mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm. on how you're saying it, it's little things like that. It's like making, it's just me wanting to, given a little bit extra attention, like I know that person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe you can share so that we can understand the ego a bit better. The ego? And I like how you said the alter ego, because I feel like that's not always paired with no, it. No, The ego is essential. It, it's very, it makes us resilient. Um, it's a very masculine trait. And so it's very, very essential, like I said, that we have that developed within us. Otherwise, we can become doormats sometimes. And we look at life in general, we look at these, our developing brothers and sisters. Um, so many of these women are doormats. They have no ego. They have been so erroneously conditioned to believe that they're unworthy and they're just you know, slaves, shall we say. So that, all, that ego is really, really part of the masculine brain, part of the, 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 um, the left side of the brain. Um, which is essential. And so, unfortunately, um, for many reasons, uh, a lot of women do not develop that part of their brain for whatever reason. There are many, many different reasons. And so a lot of women, as we know today, we have 70% of uh, couples, married couples, ending up in a divorce because neither one of them is harmonized and balanced. And so... um, so the altered ego uh, is when it's a conditioned personality, a belief system. Um, when we are no longer, well, we haven't been taught to utilize the golden rule to treat others as we would like to be treated. 
I mean, that's a very simple uh, rule. And again, we don't have to have credentials. We don't have to go to university. Um, that is a very simple rule, the golden rule, that should be taught in every class, uh, whether, we, like I said, whether you know we have credentials or not, it doesn't matter, because it's very, very simple, and it doesn't matter where one hails from, treat others as we would like to be treated. Really, really important. If we could teach that to our children, beginning with uh, kindergarten, you know, that would alleviate a lot of uh, bullying in the school system um, and so on. Um, we need to teach simple mythology that really helps the child to build self-esteem and self-worth. Um, because here in North America, like anywhere else, we have been erroneously socialized to believe that worth is about um, the roles that we play in life. It is about our bank account. It's about the house we live in, the community we live in. No, that is not what makes us worthy. Worthiness is about the fact that we are a child of the universe. And the, um, and the homeless on the street is not less worthy than the CEO of a company. He's just taking on a different role. And so this is where reincarnation comes in to really understand that um, we're all part of the spokes. We're all a spoke of the wheel. And collectively, we carry the load. A doctor needs his patients. A lawyer needs a criminal. And so very simple to understand if we put it in that context. Yeah, that's deep. I was. Yeah, let's let's talk about that being uh, the whole one with everything thing. And <laughs> so my friend said, um, thought it was funny. The uh, yeah, just yesterday, maybe I was going for a walk or was in uh, shavasana in a, at a yoga, after I did yoga at the very end, and you're just lying there, and I was thinking about yeah, too often we get caught up in our heads and our stresses and our day-to-day -day and, and most of the world is just living day-to-day -day trying to survive which is understandable in most parts of the world mm -hmm. however if you have the relaxation to ponder and connect with everything that's happening around you like so yesterday in the yoga class I'm lying there and you know I'm just in this yoga room but I've done meditation before where they zoom you out mm -hmm. and they remind you that you're on this huge planet and everything's happening simultaneously yeah. and you're part of it like you yes. said so trying to feel that force of mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. this planet and these stars that are just always moving and growing and and trying to work together um, do you want to speak about any of that of how to well that is very deep and um, big question yeah it's a big <laughs> question here um, I would like to maybe um, present a, a very, very simple vibration uh, um, theory that the majority of people are vibrating in the third dimension of the altered ego. As we raise our vibration, we'll just know things. Um, how do we know that? Because we're vibrating in a higher frequency. And so in the fourth and fifth dimension where things just come to us. And huh. so we maybe introduce a Christ consciousness or the higher self. And once we have tapped in into the higher self, we just know things. We're all intuitive, it. really and truly. Um, and so again, um, vibrate in the lower frequency of fear, anger, shame, guilt. That is a very, very altered ego state. And so if we don't forgive ourselves 
uh, we will never get to the higher state of vibration where we will just know things. We will just know that it's just an incredible experience, what you experienced, that we're not here alone. We're all connected consciously. There's this incredible consciousness. They're all part of this consciousness. What you do, it affects me. What I do, it affects you. And so if we don't raise our vibration and our vibrate in the higher frequency, um, it will affect our cities, it will affect our communities. And so just going, going back to um, the coming of Jesus way back over 2,000 years ago, his reason for coming was to rebalance the planet from fear to, to, uh, to love. Because the darkness, our, 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 you know, our earth has self-destructed a number of times. And so most of us have probably know the story of um, Noah's Ark, which was about 13,000 years ago, where a planet was submerged under the Atlantic Ocean because it was so dark here on planet Earth. And um, I don't want to go into this very, very deep, but if, if humanity does not raise its vibration, this can happen again on our planet. So let's hope that you know enough of us will raise our vibration, stay in the high vibration of love and, and peace, and um, so that you know we can continue rebuilding this planet uh, from fear to love. Yeah, I love what you said about when it just comes to you, and you've spoken about that whether you connect with your spirit guides or an yes. idea comes to mind, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. Yes, my friend said the other day that she'd been with her husband for so long that they uh, they're just they don't even need to speak anymore. They're just reading each other's mind. <laughs> and, That's uh, true. <laughs> and uh, and then there was a moment where she read my mind, and I was like, "Oh, what's oh. happening here?" And it's like, um, yeah. yeah, I like that. The uh, because we've all had those moments where mm -hmm. something comes to us in a spiritual way or yes. an unknown way yeah. unscientific way and and so it's nice to hear uh, to remember that we're all yes. we're all here together we're all uh, right. grounded on this yeah. earth we have what we call the pineal gland right here and so when this pineal gland is open it's just incredible information that comes to us and it's just a wonderful wonderful adventure it can be a wonderful adventure knowing that we're dearly loved there's no judgment, um, and whatever we need will slowly come to us, not what we want, but what we need. Um, it's really a beautiful journey. Could I ask about following our life's purpose and having boundaries and obstacles appear? Obviously, we don't want to just jump in the deep end. It's a process. Yeah. Like any, you want to speak to any of that about how to slowly take off the masks? Yes. Um, um, what can I say? When we have taken the wrong road on uh, the wrong turn on the road, we're going to be redirected until we find our purpose in life. Um, and so it's for us to really be aware of the messages that come to us all the time, not just from people, from our colleagues, from our friends is to become aware that the universe is speaking to us all the time through different signs, through different, um, even a sign on, um, on a vehicle will give us a message. And so this is when we're tuning in into our 
pineal gland, we're tuning into the higher consciousness and how we're dearly guided. We're so guided. All we need to do is to ask for a sign. It will come to us. For instance, I was brought to a Sega Beach where I live now by a butterfly. And so because I listened, the message have to resonate in your heart. And so when a message, not in your ego, altered ego, but in your heart, when it feels right, when your whole body just feels very calm and accepting what's coming, sometimes we need to sleep on it, especially for parents in particular. Um, when children ask for something that could be harmful, maybe, um, just tell your children, I will sleep on it. I will give you the answer tomorrow. So let's not be impulsive. Let's think about it. Does it feel right the next day? Um, if it doesn't, it was just maybe the ego at play, something that we want. The gifts will be given to us when we're ready. Right. Imagine if you were given a million dollars. Yeah. It might ruin your life. That's what the guy on Survivor said. He's 20 years old and he got, <laughs> he got voted out. He made it pretty far and then he said, you know, I'm 20, 20 years old. It's probably good that I don't win a million dollars anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to throw a wrench in your plans. It can. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it's really helpful to, if you can, when is an appropriate time to do your own reflection and whether it be journaling you know at the end of your day if it's a rewind meditation um, mm -hmm. we aren't given a Truman Show video of our life mm -hmm. at the end of the week to say mm -hmm. okay these were all your mistakes like these were your growing moments right it's all just it's all just happening and so it's good to be still and yes. slow down and be like Absolutely. okay like were there any signs this week? Uh, how did I feel about this? You have to reflect, and yes. and um, otherwise it'll just it'll all come at you too much. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I like what you said about being guided because that can be helpful in mm -hmm. knowing if you're mm -hmm. on the right path or mm -hmm. if you look back to previous big decisions and try and think about yeah were you guided in those choices and did you feel good about them and for sure a lot of times we are impulsive and it's easy it, often it's easier to just say yes because we want to people please and I did this really nice uh, exercise in the summertime at this festival where we were all walking around a room with our heads down and then when the music stopped um, we looked up and whoever we made eye contact with, I was going to say something about musical chairs, but um, <laughs> when we looked up and whoever we made eye contact mm -hmm. with, we would ask one person, would you like a hug? Wow. And the other person before answering, they would check in with their body mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 10 seconds, however yes. long to actually feel like, do I want a hug? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, usually, usually like hugs are uh, for most people, but yeah, it's good to, to do something like that, to check in and to feel more. And again, not about feeling better, but better at feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And for us to remember too, that uh, not everybody likes to be hugged. For sure. Some yeah. people are feelings people, some people are not. Uh, so if we have those uh, very logical adults or for the uh, sort of the parental, wise parent personality, they're not huggable people. They don't want to be hugged. And so we have to always ask permission. Yeah, I, I like that idea of asking permission. Um, you know, I, I've had 
You might have to add, um, you're allowed to say no. <laughs> you're allowed to say no, exactly. Although... Because we get pressured, right? Yes. Um, and this is where we have to talk about good boundaries. We need to have good boundaries. Um, I remember when I was going through some challenges in my life, I had this dear friend that uh, would just hug me like you wouldn't believe. You know, just put her arms around me, trying to comfort me. But that's not what I wanted. It was very invasive. So I'll always remember, you know, that let's ask permission. Even before we give it some advice, may I give you some advice? We need to be respectful of people's boundaries. And um, not everybody's ready to hear the truth sometimes. So um, being respectful, um, really, really important on this journey um, of following, just, just trying to follow the golden rule and always asking permission. May I give you a hug? Yeah, I had to navigate that when to give advice. And for a period of my life, I stopped giving advice and just, but then it was moments where you felt like it was important to speak up. And, mm -hmm. but I think that's beautiful of, yeah, just asking permission and mm -hmm. saying, hey, like, are you interested in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how I see this? And it yeah. might be of benefit, it might not. Exactly. And yeah. I, uh, Joseph and I were, were going door to door at one point <laughs> for uh, finding someone to help us with our Kongen machine. And he, he I, I was really nervous about it, but he, he, I just wasn't prepared and I've never done it before. And mm. he's like, oh, it's fine. It's easy. And so he goes and does it and I shadow him. And, and then uh, he was totally open to uh, my feedback. I, I said, do you mind if I... I kind of share my perspective. Mm -hmm. I might, mm -hmm. I, you know, way more about door to door. This is my very first day. Mm -hmm. uh, I just did notice a couple of things that maybe might be worth considering tweaking. Absolutely. And he was like, absolutely. Tell me, tell me what you saw. I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to take it with a grain mm -hmm. of salt. And, and I think that can be really beneficial to ask for opinions and mm -hmm. perspectives and, and know sometimes it might sting a little bit. Um, but yes. but again, back to the when it stings, it's like a, a messenger and don't mm -hmm. shoot the messenger. Mm -hmm. It's that's oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That made me feel. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So if we can just remember the very simple strategy that whatever doesn't honor us is not coming from a place of truth. Whatever does not honor us, identify the feeling that's coming up for you. If it doesn't honor you, it's coming from a conditioned personality. Do you want to speak about how we can process those charged negative emotions better? Like I'm sure different ways. I know we spoke about forgiveness, um, but like because you've lived quite the arduous life. <laughs> if you haven't heard Rita's story, she spoke uh, quite the story on, on Mo Mondays on YouTube and, and in her book. Yeah, you've suffered, um, I don't even want to use that word. You've uh, been through a lot of family loss and all kind of um, very close together, which is even more difficult. So of all of your adversity, yeah, I'm sure you've had lots of different resistance come up in you. And yeah, what were some ways that helped you? Like, because for me, when I was feeling some resistance recently, you know, I went for a run. 
and which is like, okay, I got to move my body. And then I go to a yoga class and then I journal. Right. And then you still feel a bit off and I'm trying to think, okay, do I need to talk to somebody about this? because my tools aren't working. <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I think if people were to seek out um, some help, it would really, really help. I left no stone unturned, as, as you notice in my book. Um, and so it's different for everyone. However, um, grieving is a natural process. So when we have a major loss, it is really, really important that we grieve. We give ourselves time to grieve. Um, join a group. Hospice always carries, uh, runs groups free of charge. I was one of the facilitators at one time. Um, and not to be uh, too proud to seek help. But it has to be the right kind of help. You want somebody just to listen. And um, I might have mentioned this in my book, that Sigmund Freud, he was, he's considered, was considered the grandfather of psychoanalysis. He would turn his back to his patients to allow them to tell their story without interruption, without giving our two cents worth, shall we say. If we can just listen, if we can just be trained to listen to somebody who's grieving, that is the best gift we can give that person. And so I, le I went everywhere. I went to psychologists. I think I didn't go too far um, with them because um, different reasons. But what really helped me, um, like I said, it's different for everyone, depending on our inherent personality, depending on how balanced we are, um, maybe different things. Um, I became an avid reader. I read and I read and I read. Uh, I'm still reading. Because knowledge is power. Awareness is growth. And truth liberates us. And so all I can say that at this ripe old age, I am free. Beautiful and fulfilling your life's purpose per pie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That was so beautiful. Absolutely. Books have also been a huge influence in my yeah. life. And I think that's why I haven't reached out too much to like therapists mm -hmm. for certain mm -hmm. things and not saying that I won't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've gotten a lot of my answers through books. Good and speaking with different friends. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, books are powerful. and They can be. and uh, or, or whether it's a, a podcast you're listening mm -hmm. to or, mm -hmm. or uh, going to different groups. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's different for everyone. And yeah, I do... Yeah, I do wish maybe people would seek the possibility of... Yeah, like you're not like you say you're not guaranteed that when you talk to somebody that it's going to be right for you and you're going to get all right. of your answers. It's That's a process. Right. But what's that quote like every wrong decision is another every wrong decision discarded? What was that quote <laughs> basically every time you make a, a move step forward and if it's not correct it's just another just one steps backwards. Yeah, you discard it and then it helps you get closer to mm -hmm. your path. Mm -hmm. And so and uh, it just gives you perspective. Um, I learned that recently. That was really helpful of like trying not to see things as right and wrong or good and bad, but more so just, just bringing yeah. perspective to the table and to be listened to mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and validated or, 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 or heard, like better yeah, word. Yeah. It's just 
I like that validation. Um, so, so important. Validation is paramount. Um, it doesn't matter whether we agree or disagree. When someone is sharing their story, it is really, really essential. If we can just say, I hear what you're saying. That's it. Simple validation. However, this is the way I see it. If we could just validate people first before we share our two cents worth or our story, but we haven't been taught that. This is really psychology 101, to validate the other person sharing their story. Yeah, especially... How important it is. Especially if it's a tense topic and when yes. someone shares an idea or how they're yes. feeling instead of, instead of reacting with, oh, that's not true, that will never happen. Like, you, you can say that, but wait, you can, you know, you say, that's really interesting that exactly. you feel that way. How did you yeah. learn about that? Tell me Ex more. Exactly. And then eventually you can say, well, are you interested in my opinion on that? Um, you might not like it, but... Oh. Yes, always ask permission. <laughs> so we need to, again, when we are healed, when the wounded child is healed, we're able to ask the question, what happens, like I said, most of us have been traumatized, wounded, if not in this lifetime, in another lifetime. So what happens when the child is not given the attention as a child? When he or she grows up and he or she has the floor, this is where they will do all the talking without listening, without giving that simple feedback or validation, whatever you want to call it. That's really interesting. Yes. Yeah. To understand that. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of wounded adults walking around. Do you want to speak more about that? I think that's really important information. So someone who didn't receive attention yeah. as a child and then, then has the floor. Yes. And so maybe you have other examples of different scenarios with, I've heard say, you know, when a, when a, a child gets hurt at the playground, there's three or four different scenarios where the parent comes forward and says, oh, are you okay? Let's get a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. The second possibility is the parent comes forward and says, oh, like, you stupid, and, like, yells at them. The third parent doesn't come at all. Um, and then maybe the fourth one comes and says, oh, are you okay? But then later on in the day, they're like, oh, you stupid, and it's this. Yeah. So do you want to speak about... Yeah, um, and I just wanted to really clarify that it is important that we know that we parent the way we were parented, unfortunately, um, until we know better. And so it just is pr propagated from one generation to the next. And my father would always say that the sins of my forefathers will be propagated to the seventh generation until one of us wakes up, until a family member. I was the seventh child in my family. And so I was born to wake up, to really break this generational disease, shall we say. Um, and so when children feel ostracized, when they feel disrespected, when they feel um, shunned, when they feel they're not being heard, when they feel unloved, when that child grows up, he or she, first of all, oftentimes they will embark on self-destructive behaviors. Um, and addictions come in many forms, unfortunately. and. Um, and so this is how the unacting out child is a very unhappy child. A very unacting out, uh, unacting out adult 
is a very unhappy child. That wounded child is not healed. Um, however, we have three categories of sufferers. We have the obvious ones. We have those who suffer in silence. Unfortunately, the largest percentage of sufferers are those who are in denial. And these are the ones that will probably never seek help because they're just too, too angry. They're filled with rage um, because they never felt loved. And so it's, it becomes very complex on mental health. And this is why we must not judge. And it is love and compassion that heals a broken heart, not medication. What medication can do temporarily until we get the proper help. Because um, those emotions do not go away. They are stored in our cellular memory and they're in our solar plexus. And so sooner or later we have to deal with those emotions. And like I said, maybe I haven't said it here, but um, the most diseases, including cancer, are a direct result of unresolved emotional issues. Yeah, you spoke about that with dementia. Yes. And so we need to address our pain. We need to find a way to speak to someone that can listen. Not somebody who's trying to give us advice. Somebody really has an open heart that is willing to listen. Because as we give that person permission to, to share their sorrow, share their grief, he or she will find his own answers. We don't have the answers for anyone. We all have our own answers within us. And when I was setting up my practice, I always remember asking Master Jesus, well, I don't have a supervisor now. You know, how am I going to make out here? And the greatest message I was given way back it was that, that all we need to know about life is already within our heart and soul. When we are harmonized, it's already there. And we could access that wisdom any time that we need to. Again, it's a long journey. Yeah, for sure. Like whether it's sitting down in silence and just being, something mm -hmm. might come to you, or sitting down and writing and getting your thoughts and feelings out and it'll just make sense. Yeah. And or another way, like you said, is when you actually share to somebody who's listening. Mm -hmm. I did an interview the other day, just very brief about where I'm at in life. And it was amazing just to speak about it. Mm -hmm. And it started making more sense for me. And sometimes we can't do that if we're not, right. if we're not letting it out and moving it. Yeah, important. Yeah. It is really, really important to find effective ways of sharing our story, whether it be a book, whether it be journaling, whether it be a good friend. Um, and one of the things that I've experienced, um, I certainly don't want to in any way minimize the medical model because it does have merit, um, but trying to give someone an anti-anxiety pill 
for a broken heart is not the answer. Understanding is the answer. Understanding is a key that will set humanity free from the endless cycles of reincarnation. Do you want to speak about re reincarnation at all? Okay. We got about uh, <laughs> we got about ten minutes. Okay. If, if that's okay. Uh, of course. Thank you. Um, thank you for bringing that up because it's healer um, of healer of broken hearts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, but it just came out anyway. Um, and I believe it's light bearers, at least part of my mission here in, in life, until I transition, is to do my very best to um, speak about reincarnation. And so the Universal Church, known as the Catholic Church, used to teach reincarnation. I thought until that was the, interesting, yeah. The fourth century. Then um, the powers to be removed that uh, from their records, not from their records, but from their um, dogmas, shall we say, because it was given the ordinary person too much power. Uh, thinking that if I don't do it right this time, I can come back another time. The second coming of Jesus is in our heart. We call this a Christ consciousness. And planet Earth has about 10,000 more years. This is at the prophecies. Um, for us, all of us, to get our ascension, the 21st century is about um, our ascension, where once we have awakened, once we understand who we are, we can get our ascension, meaning that we never have to be born on this planet. And those of us, humanity, that is choosing not to be awakened and will transition, will never be born on this planet again. Planet Earth is a classroom where we come to awake and remember who we are. And once we have awakened and we know and embrace that we are divine beings having a human experience, there will no longer be any need for us to be born on this planet again. Deep. Yeah, so this is the seven golden age of peace love and enlightenment that began in 2012. So the Pison Age under the, the Christ consciousness ended in 2012 and the Aquarian Age began. The Aquarian Age is about healing through higher knowledge, which is our soul, our heart and soul, our spiritual heart. If we can get to that place, there will be no need for us to ever be back on this planet again. We have been doing this for millions of years. And it's time to go home and be at peace. Yeah, very lovely. I could kind of want to ask you, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah well, why are we trying to heal this this uh, or integrate earth so that we can go home or trying to heal planet earth yeah for whatever reason it's yeah planet earth has been destroyed many times and um, 
This will be the last time. Planet Earth will be rebuilt. We have about 10,000 years here. Interesting. To do this. I have all these amazing books here, these <laughs> prophecies, and they're all channel books um, given to messengers, specifically worldwide now, from the Ascendant Masters, Saint Germain, Jesus, of course, Archangel Michael, just so many great Ascended Masters that have been contacting messengers. Now, channeling is very different than intuitive knowing. Um, when a messenger needs to receive a message from the Ascended Masters, the Ascended Master actually takes over the body and uses the vocal cords of that messenger. And so all these... Um, uh, this incredible knowledge is recorded on a tape recorder and then translated into a book form. I have literally dozens and dozens of these um, transmissions here at the store. I just read a book called The Magdalene Manuscript. Have you heard of that book? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a similar book to what you're talking about, about mm -hmm. transmissions being turned into a book. Yes, and that's right. Beautiful book. And I was going to say earlier that I don't read a lot of books that are biographical. Okay. And I didn't know this one. Half of it was and half of it wasn't. And so it was very powerful. And, and not that I don't like those books. I just happened not to mm, read it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to justify. <laughs> um, and... It was really powerful. I started reading this this woman's story, and I and like I said, I've read those in the past. And certain things, just certain lines she said that were helping me connect dots in my own life. So that can be very powerful. Powerful yes. too, with going back to what you said about people sharing our stories mm -hmm. and and listening, and then the the answers will just whether come to the person who writes their story or the person who's reading, listening to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we sort of need to walk the talk, otherwise we're regurgitating other people's theories. Right. That is an authentic story, somebody who has walked the talk. This is what we call empaths. And so the empath is someone who has been brought down to their knees. And um, being humbled is the first step towards wisdom. Being humbled is the first step towards wisdom. <laughs> yeah. What a gift. It can be a wonderful gift. So I'm very humbled to have experienced all those losses that I truly have given me so much back in return. Yeah. Yeah, you must have gone through, gotten through a lot of challenges in your life. And constantly coming out the other side must really help make you feel fulfilled mm -hmm. and at peace as you did your best. And mm -hmm. yeah, it reminds me when I was in Europe and I went to Slovenia and not a lot of tourists go there. And no. at, at times people were so shocked that I was visiting parts of that country and mm -hmm. they would, were so intrigued and asking lots of questions and you kind of felt like a celebrity. And then t towards the end of my trip, I went to London, England. It was one of the biggest cities I'd ever been in. And I could barely stand on the sidewalk with my big backpack and my guitar. And 
yeah, I felt kind of like a nobody and like, which was a really nice experience because mm -hmm. it gave me great perspective of, mm -hmm. you know, my ego and, and just being one with everything and, and being humble about mm -hmm. how grateful I am to have experienced both in the whole trip. Mm, absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, anything else you want to leave the listeners for whether again, small little steps we can take towards taking off our mask or, or fulfilling life's purpose or helping heal or seeing life as mm -hmm. teachers. Yes. Um, it's always been, a, it's always a privilege for me to share my wisdom that has been handed down to me is that uh, the last phase of our life, which begins in our 40s, is about being of service for the betterment of humanity. And so for me, it is de indeed a pleasure and an honor to be of service, to have been of service for the betterment of humanity. It's not so much about making money. There is not much money in this field of work, but the um, the honor that are given to us, that is given to us in our ability to be of service, to help others find their truth and be who they were created to be, that we're all divine beings having this human experience. And when we embrace this truth, this universal truth, our life will become a wonderful adventure. My life has become a wonderful adventure, even at my age. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> Such a poet, you lover of writing poems that could have been on one of your health modalities. Yes. Yeah, Rita's great with poems, and she's won awards for her poems. Oh, <laughs> And yeah, thank you so much. I think that's a great way of looking at life is how are we contributing or how are we being useful to ourselves, mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves? And of course, how are we being of service to our community? Mm -hmm. And because that gives us purpose in life and keeps moving forward and helping people with their paths. And beautifully said, Rita, thank you so much for, thank you, thank you for creating this bookstore in this space and holding space for others. And you can, check out the light bearers once a month a beautiful group that has comes together and has f philosophical and spiritual conversations and joseph says it's like a group of different superheroes coming yeah. together maybe we'll all That's wear right. different costumes one time <laughs> yeah thank you so much thank you jeff for yeah. making the time yeah of course this this bookstore be still bookstore take the step and the bridge will we'll be, be there. there. <laughs> oh, is that your, your quote? I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Good job making it all the way to the end. Feels good to complete things in life, right? Hopefully you learned something new. And for more information on living your favorite life, head over to yourfavoritelife.com for different personal development services. I do a few different things in life. And one of the things is connecting people to their passions through visualization, planning and goal setting and connecting to their community. I also run different programs in the Barry community for expression, like drop-in improv. 
And I help people learn about a special water that I've been drinking called Kangen. If you feel like leaving a review, I love to consider your feedback. And if you resonate with this energy, share it with a friend. Remember, the outer world is unpredictable. So do your best to control your inner world and create a nice life. Be kind, be curious, and be creative. Catch you on the flip side.